Welcome to Answers May Vary. Each week we listen to your dilemmas and try to come up with workable solutions you can put into place to start improving your teaching life today. I'm Kate Harkins. And I'm Stephanie Handley. And together with you, we're Three Heads. Today's dilemma is a dilemma that's not necessarily looking for a solution, Mm. but looking to know that they're not alone. (laughs) (laughs) Which honestly, I think a lot of teacher dilemmas are not always looking for a solution. They just want to be heard and know that they're not alone. I mean, maybe that's just life. Maybe (laughs) most of our like, help me isn't like, I don't actually help me. Just like, listen to me and validate my feelings. (laughs) I have an incredibly challenging class this year. There are so many behavior problems and so many student needs. And it is wearing me out. I know classroom management strategies, but I think I just want to know that I'm not alone. What did you learn from your most challenging classes? Number one, I taught the last period of the day, the majority of my career. So I've had a lot of challenging classes. Kate has had, I think, some of the worst (laughs) classes of like the United States in her sixth period. By the grace of God, I did not have a sixth period (laughs) class for many years. I mean, I was doing your book, which was a whole other time suck, but I will take that over some of the groups of students Kate had to end her day with every day. Yeah. (laughs) Some rough ones. When other people are like, oh, I saw your roster. How do you do that? <laughs> or they, they, they see you walking into the library down the hall and they're like, oh, that's your class. <laughs> <laughs> so what we're going to do is go back and forth on what we have learned from our challenging classes and from our challenging students, because sometimes an exceptionally challenging student taints the waters of the class and it becomes a challenging class where if you remove that student or maybe remove that student and like their disciples, (laughs) (laughs) tone down their disciples, uh, then you can handle things a little bit little bit better. But usually there's a ringleader who makes everybody else worse. (laughs) So my first one is I feel like the most common one, but you can't let them get to you. But this is easier said than done. It takes time and experience and practice. I think, honestly, I think some of my cringiest moments as a new teacher weren't so much teaching, but this of just letting students get to me because I took it personally and Mm -hmm. they hurt my feelings. And Mm -hmm. I just remember listening to angry music in my car because a girl said something rude to me or I had an AP class that was, as a group, very um, arrogant is maybe (laughs) the nice way to say that. And there was a particularly uh, arrogant student who Mm -hmm. we were trying to do a lesson on how to integrate quotes correctly. And I this is why I don't like doing this, but we were editing on the fly. It was Mm -hmm. like, oh, okay, a student wrote this and I'm going to fix it. And it's not working well. It was just one of those where you're like, I don't don't know how to fix this and I have an audience. And the student said something like, well, the beginning of your guide said, if you can't say it better, you shouldn't quote it at all. So maybe you shouldn't have said it. And I was so mad. And it just really like, I I don't remember what I said in the moment, but I know there were times with that class that we as our classes together, we tended toward 
heavy dose of sarcasm, which was a little embarrassing yeah. now to look back on. And I feel like in the last few years, I would have just said, I know, right? This is really bad. Let's uh, let's try another one. And it yeah. would have been this quick little moment. Everyone would have laughed. But I let that kid really just humiliate me about yeah. something that doesn't really matter. Yeah. It's really hard not to let challenging students and challenging classes get to you. I think, though, that you have to work really hard to not let them know they're getting to you. I don't think you can stop them from getting to you because you're at the end of the day a human being and, <laughs> and, and things are going to bother you and <laughs> they are teenagers and they can be nasty. But not letting them get to you in front of them, at least on a regular basis, usually towards the end of my career, if I was going to let them get to me, I knew I was going to do it. And I was like, okay, I'm going to use this as a moment to see like, no, you can't mess with me every day. I don't just let it roll off my back every day. So it was like building <laughs> over the course of several days to when I just lost lost my temper in terms of the appearance of it, but I had control over myself. But at the beginning of my career, it was very much that somebody got underneath my skin and I couldn't stop myself in that moment Mm. from responding because you're responding as a human being to a human being instead of as a teacher to a student. I think age helps too, because I mean, we both started very young. Mm -hmm. And both of the instances I was talking about were in my first and second year where I was five years older than them, maybe. And the older I got, the more I was like, I don't care what you think of me. Like you're a teenager. You don't know everything. And I think the more that gap grew, the more I was like, why would I let you ruin my day? Yeah, (laughs) for sure. Okay. So here is something that I learned. It doesn't start out personal, but it becomes personal. So lots of times we want to say to ourselves, like, it's not about Mm -hmm. me. It's not personal. And that is true at the beginning. And for most students, not the challenging ones, the just regular students. Yeah, the regular (laughs) students who are having a bad day and like bite your head off about something like that's not about you. They're having issues somewhere else. But a student that you constantly butt heads with and you've been butting heads with each other for weeks or for months, it becomes personal because it's now an antagonistic relationship. So Yes, it didn't start out personal, but it does become personal. And so do keep that in mind, because I think we want to say it's not personal in order to dismiss it and either not address our feelings about it or not consider what role we play in Mm -hmm. the dynamic between the two of us. Because I know for myself that the students I had the most sort of like toxic negative relationships with, it absolutely became personal. It absolutely became antagonistic. Mm -hmm. It absolutely became sort of like, which one of us is going to be left standing? (laughs) And because it got that way, if I were to just continue to dismiss it as, oh, this isn't about me. This is about issues he has with women. This is about Mm -hmm. issues he has with his mother. This is about all of those kind of things. Then it's not addressing what really becomes 
the issue. And are there deeper seated issues? Absolutely. Yeah. Because unless you from the first day <laughs> had a problem with the student and they had a problem with you, there's something else at work there. But what you're dealing with on a daily basis when it gets really negative is a personal situation. Yeah. Sort of on that note, mm-hmm. some personalities just go together better than others. And I think this was hard for me. I mean, we all like to be liked, but I really need people to like me. And less <laughs> so, I'm getting better as I get older here and go to therapy. But um, I think that was really hard for me to accept that there could be a student who just didn't like me, which, mm-hmm. I mean, let's be real, that's not great thinking because there are plenty of people that I'm not a huge fan of. But it was like, no, you can't. I'm wonderful. Why would you not like me? And I think it was extra hard because it was a student who Kate had had. And he was a difficult student for Kate, but mm-hmm. like manageable. Like mm-hmm. they they had a relationship. They were able to kind of make things work. And because Kate and I were close, I was like, oh, well, obviously he's going to love me because we're like besties and he mm-hmm. got along with her. And so it's going to be great. And we did not get along. Yeah. Um, he did not like me. We were not kind to each other, as Kate mm-hmm. was just saying about it becoming personal and I think it was really frustrating, but I think, again, it's helpful to know that sometimes you just aren't going to get along and that's okay. But then I also think like the flip side of that can be true also in a good way. I had a student in my homeroom for four years who was infamous for being one of the worst behaved students on our campus Mm -hmm. and just constantly in trouble, constant antagonistic relationships. But I think because I was his homeroom teacher and not an academic teacher, We got along and I got Mm -hmm. to be a positive presence in his Mm -hmm. life. I got to be the one person saying something kind in an IEP meeting because I didn't have that antagonistic relationship. And so I think it's a helpful reminder that, yes, there are going to be some students who you just don't get along with. And that's a bummer. But Mm -hmm. as Kate was just saying, do your best to rise above and not let it become antagonistic, but then do be grateful for and pour into those relationships where you know that you're the one teacher they do get along with Mm -hmm. and let that be kind of a place where you can not shine, but like where you can kind of, okay, embrace that like I can be a force for good here. I couldn't do a lot about that student, but I can really help here. Mm -hmm. I think this one sort of builds on because I think this would be part of the conversation I would have. (laughs) I think it's always worth having a one-on-one conversation and I would invite the student to come after school or stop by at lunch or or whatever. I wouldn't have this be like a during the class Mm -hmm. period out in the hallway conversation or a stay after class conversation, I guess, unless it's the end of the school day. (laughs) Which you had terrible (laughs) classes, so usually it was. (laughs) But sometimes I was like, I just need you to get away from me for right now. I think it is worth having a one-on-one conversation once. I am not a fan, I haven't found it to be productive, to have multiple one-on-one conversations because then something's just not working. Mm -hmm. And so I wouldn't have it on a regular basis. Now, if you have to have it once in like August and once in (laughs) February, that's a different story. (laughs) But I wouldn't be like, oh, we're going to have this conversation every week because something's not 
working. working. But I would often start that one-on-one conversation with, I get the impression that you don't care for me. And I understand that's totally fine, but we do need to learn how to work together. And sometimes I had students say, that's not the case. Mm-hmm. I I like you just fine. And then that allows us to sort of pivot from there. And then there are other times where it's like, yeah, I don't like you. Okay. Well, you know, you're going to come up against lots of situations in life where you're going to have to work with someone you don't like. So let's figure out how can we navigate this so Mm -hmm. that you don't do damage to yourself so that you can get at me. And I would say, you know, I was the type of student that if I really liked the teacher, I did a very good job in their class. If I didn't like the teacher, I was like, yeah, whatever. I don't like them (laughs) anyway. You know, the only person that hurt Me. (laughs) And so I would talk to them about that kind of thing. And I think it's valuable to have that one-on-one conversation, but not on a regular basis. And that worked for you sometimes, right? Sometimes it did. Yeah. Sometimes it did. Sometimes it really turned the situation around. A student that I was like, I could possibly die in my classroom. (laughs) And he was like, no, I like you just fine. And then it completely <laughs> shifted our relationship because he just didn't like school. And it's like, okay, well, I could, you know, that's fine. You don't like school. Let me just tell you, you got to pass 10th grade English <laughs> no matter where you go. So can I help you do that? <laughs> and it became a much more positive relationship. But there were other times where it was like, yep, I don't like you. <laughs> Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I can't ever imagine saying that to another human, much less a teacher. I mean, you have to admire (laughs) that willingness to just put it out there. And I guess I suppose I appreciate that than them saying, no, that's not true. And then me trying to figure out like, okay, how can we make this work? They say they like me, but they don't act like it. (laughs) So I don't know. Oh, um, okay. My last lesson I learned from my most challenging students is that challenging does not always mean behavior problem. I honestly, I could deal with rude students better than I could deal with needy students. Mm -hmm. Like the student who was getting an A, but still needed me to check every single sentence they wrote. I found that far more challenging to deal with than a student who didn't do their work or who had a bad attitude. And so I think it's kind of interesting to learn that about yourself (laughs) and to realize like, wow, this really bothers me. And it's interesting because it can be a place to kind of check yourself and to realize like, okay, where can I be more patient? But then also to recognize, no, this is not appropriate behavior. How can Mm -hmm. I help them to get along better with future teachers or or be more confident in their own ability to do things. But I think it's helpful in a discussion like this because I think sometimes you can feel so worn out from your students Mm -hmm. and not get why. And it's like, well, I don't have any behavior problems. Or Mm -hmm. you can feel like a jerk because you're like, why don't I like this student? They don't do anything wrong. And it's still annoying. There are things that are frustrating and difficult and test your patience Mm -hmm. that don't have to be a failing student who flipped you off on the way out the door. (laughs) (laughs) They could be a lovely student with an A and still really get under your skin. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because that seemed to bother you way more than anything else. Whereas for me, most of the time, I could tune those students out. 
Yeah. Just be like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And if it was an and F student who wanted my help every day, no problem. I'll sit yeah. at your desk every day with you and we'll do yeah. everything step by step. It was the like, I have an A, but I still want you to check everything yeah. that I, I don't entirely know. Yeah. That was the thing I couldn't deal with. Yeah. <laughs> I think the education system is sort of set up to, I don't know if it's reward those students is the right term, but like appreciate those students, encourage those students. I think yeah. we have a tendency to do that, or I guess it would be enable those students more yeah. often instead of looking at that as like, you need to develop some independence. Yeah. You need to develop some confidence. You need to develop some sense of autonomy. That yeah. kind of thing. And it's interesting because there's a part of me that wonders if it's too much like myself, but I don't think because I was a perfectionist like that, but I don't know that I was quite that dependent on my teachers where it was like, I need you to check every single thing that I'm yeah. doing. And what frustrated me the most about it was I was like, I took a lot of time to put this lesson together and make mm -hmm. it very clear. And I explained it to you. I have other things to do. Right. <laughs> it was what I think made it so frustrating for me was it was like, I don't have time for this. And there's kids here who don't know how to read a complete sentence. Uh, and I got to do tomorrow's lesson. Yeah. Can't you just read the directions? It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> what you have is just fine. Just like the <laughs> sentence before is just fine. <laughs> <laughs> you have a B. That's a very good grade. It's fine if you don't get an A. <laughs> okay. My last one is, uh, it's sort of when you're at the last straw, it, it, it's not how you... I like that you've built like a line of reasoning <laughs> through your three yeah. lessons here. <laughs> Can you tell I have experience with challenging students? <laughs> so when it gets to the point where it's just, it's affecting everyone in the class, because I've definitely had those before where it's like a standoff every day. Like, Everyone's it, chosen sides. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's the OK Corral, and <laughs> we have our six shooters, and that kind of thing. If the problem is only with you, I would then look into a schedule change. Mm -hmm. Because as Stephanie said, sometimes certain personalities just don't get along with one another. And maybe if this person were to be with a different teacher mm -hmm. in a different environment, maybe it would be a much more productive situation. So if the problem is only with you, so you've communicated with the other teachers that the student has, which I would always encourage mm -hmm. you to do. When you're noticing that somebody is a problem, be like, hey, <laughs> other teachers <laughs> like this for is you. like this for you? <laughs> and if everybody else is like, no, I don't have any problems at all. They're so nice. They're my top student. Yeah. Then then I would go a little bit further and see like, okay, can we move this student? If the problem is with everyone, which lots of times it is, then you really want to work together as a team to address it. Because I think too often when we come as a single teacher from a single class period in high school case or middle school, secondary school, um, <laughs> We have a tendency to get dismissed. Mm -hmm. But when six teachers come together and not as a we're ganging up on the student, but we need to figure out a way for this student to be successful because we're 
wondering how a student got this far because it can't just be they came to the 10th grade or they got to the 12th grade and just (laughs) all hell broke loose. (laughs) This was clearly a pattern and probably their cumulative files will show that it was a pattern. We need to figure out how to address it. And oftentimes that involves bringing in the counselor, bringing in the parents, bringing in sometimes your school psychologist or school social worker in order to figure out, okay, how can we address these issues when you have more people coming together as a we all want to work together mm-hmm. in order to help the student be successful? You can oftentimes see some movement in the student. Mm-hmm. And if you don't see movement in the student, you have all of your like ducks in a row Mm -hmm. to be like, I did the best that I could. Mm -hmm. I made every effort and this student is continuing to behave this way or not to do their work or whatever it is that the problem is, then you have more credibility in order to say, I did the best that I could. This is not a productive situation. And sometimes that means that the student really needs to be tested to receive special education Mm. services. Maybe a traditional school is not the right placement for them. Maybe they need to be going to school online. Maybe they need to be going to a continuation school. Mm -hmm. Typically, when you get to that point, there's larger issues at play. I think one of the reasons that works so well, too, is that just the consistency of expectations Mm -hmm. that like, no, we all agreed you're not allowed to do this in any of your classes instead of like, well, so-and-so lets me, so why won't you? And I Mm -hmm. think just that consistency can really help those students who are are most challenging. And it's nice for you as a professional to know I'm not alone. (laughs) It's not just about me. (laughs) me. I'm not terrible at classroom (laughs) management. Who knew? So hopefully uh, that is what you were looking for (laughs) when you approached us with your dilemma. At least feel a little less alone now. (laughs) Yeah, it happens. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to put your head down and figure out what can I do in order to survive this? Because I can't make it better, but I can make it like survive. And do not let your administrator graduate you up with them next year. Oh, yeah. (laughs) No. And be sure to make it known that you had a <laughs> terrible class and you remember that you had that terrible class and maybe they can lighten up a little bit for next year. <laughs> we want to thank you so much for joining us. If you have a totally different opinion on how you can handle your challenging students or you think we got something absolutely wrong because we know answers may vary. Be sure to let us know. If you have a dilemma you'd like to talk to us about, or you'd like to hear us talk about, or you'd like some commiserating stories for, email us at hello at threeheads.works. If you want to be notified of our next upload, be sure to follow us. Chat soon. Bye. Bye.